Dare we open Pandora's mystic box? To every generation, a slayer is born, except this time, there were six. This is the dimension of imagination. You are entering the mystic zone. Do you ladies see that aura? Something wonderful this way comes. Welcome to the Mystic Order podcast. We are the Mystic Order of East Alabama fiction writers. I am Mystic Joanne, the Mystic Defender. And I'm Mary, the Nebulous Mystic. And I'm Katie, the Mystic Oracle. And I'm the Queen, Gail. And I'm Margie, the Illuminator Mystic. I'm Marion, the Mystic Dog Whisperer. Today, we're going to talk about something that not only fascinates the public at large, but has fascinated writers from time immemorial, and that is crime. Hi, crime. Crimes and misdemeanors and felonies and justice. Although I am called the mystic defender, I have been told that I have not defended all the mystics, but I have represented all the mystics, and I will let the mystics reveal how I have defended those no, that I have. No, we won't be doing that. <laughs> Sorry. I will not be adding <laughs> to that. However, As, you can read about the time you defended me in The Ploy of Cooking, and I believe <laughs> the story is Candy in a Bowl, Well Served. Properly served. I remember Properly it well. Yes. Served. The only mystic I've ever known to write a thank you note to the, the to the sheriff for yes for being so kind to her while she was under arrest and the jailers that was even nicer. Perhaps just in case this is someone's first visit, we should tell them what, but what you're talking about as far as the no, I I book. think not. Oh, come, I just come. think this any good crime. southern girl will always write a thank you note. No, I meant the book. Oh, the book that you referenced. <laughs> There's a beautiful book called The Ploy of Cooking, and it's written cooperatively by six mystics and illustrated by Mystic Margie. And it's gorgeous. It has the prettiest cover in the world. You put a bow ribbon on it, and it's a present. And it's, again, The Ploy of Cooking. It's recipes and stories tangentially related, and it's available on Amazon. So if you want to learn more about Mary's story, you should buy the book. Yes. Anyway, I've it, redacted that book. You redacted? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But you know, we have been talking about crime, or there have been people, to, I've been reading about crime, and I'm sure these ladies have as well, since I was very young. I started off with Nancy Drew Mysteries. Nancy Drew was one of my favorites. I think everyone. Judy Bolton was my favorite. I forgot about Judy Bolton. Judy Bolton, I liked. I read all Nancy Drews through forty four. Well, I didn't learn to read till I was in college. But Judy so, Bolton. So was my reading was more mature than Nancy Drew. Well, I branched off, and I even read the Hardy Boys. Wait, wait, wait. I I read Nancy and the Hardy Boys, but tell me more about Judy Bolton. Judy I've Bolton never even heard of her. Similar to Nancy Drew, except that Judy's more like a real girl who has self-confidence issues and doesn't have two friends that always let her be the major player and she has she doesn't fit in well at the new school and but she she too like Nancy solves mysteries I just identified more with Judy Belton than I did with Nancy Drew well, so what, are the, the what are the mystery books and what are the crime books you guys like one of my favorite crime books is the department Q series the first one is The Keeper of Lost Causes, and the second one is The Absent One, and there's seven of them. And the department of what? The department Q. The department Q is in the basement of the police department in some country like Sweden oh, or yes. Denmark because the detective has been squirrely and generally disliked, so they put him in the basement and give him all these cold crimes. And they also give him two assistants, one named Assad. And one is named Rose, and Rose is somewhere on the spectrum. Very brilliant. But Assad is my favorite because I think he was the Muslim seal, and he speaks every language, apparently. And so they'll be interviewing a suspect, and Carl, the, the grouchy detective, 
can't understand a word that's being said and Assad breaks into French or German or whatever. So it's very interesting. You can also watch it. It's movies. You can watch it on Hulu. I think that's, I've seen it. I've seen or watched an episode of the movie because it sounded familiar. I wrote down some books, all that took place in Georgia that are based Ah. on, I divided what I was going to talk about today on this podcast into crimes that involved the state of Georgia, crimes that involved women and Mormons, crimes that involved... Women and Mormons? Mm -hmm. Crimes that involved men with the last name Peterson. (laughs) Very specific. How how many crimes can you count that involve men named Peterson? Well, the most famous ones are Michael Peterson, Drew Peterson, and Scott Peterson. Michael Peterson being the staircase... Isn't white. Scott Peterson a friend of yours? No, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, but, but it was during the Scott Peterson trial that, that someone I did not know, a neighbor, left a note on my door and wanted to take me out on his boat. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Was he going to murder you or well, of course ravish that's, you? Or that's where my mind went. To I'm, murder or ravishing? Murder. <laughs> well, I want to hear the categories, but was there a boat involved in Scott Peterson's yes, crime? Yes, yes, there was. Well, I want okay. you to um, um, tell, give the categories one more time for the, the simple-minded. The categories are crimes that took place in the state of Georgia, crimes that involved women and Mormons, and crimes that involved men with the last name Peterson. I'm very curious as to why you would group women with Mormons. Because there was some carryover. A lot of the... A lot of the crimes that involved Mormons involved women killing Mormons or Mormons killing women. The Jody Arias trial, she's, she was a woman who became a Mormon to get Travis Alexander. I don't know if there's any relation. I hope there's not. Uh, and then, then she, she became completely and totally obsessed with him and would do things like crawl in through the cat door and he'd come home from a trip or work and find her asleep under his Christmas tree. Not one person has to worry about me crawling through the cat door. <laughs> that is never going to happen. But she became... Dog door, perhaps? She became no, a no. to get him, and then he booked a trip to Mexico with another woman, and that was a very... Did anybody watch that trial besides me? No, because I don't recall she, it. Um, she killed him by suggesting that they take lewd photographs of each other in his room, And once she got him vulnerable and naked, she pulled out a knife. But the thing is, she still had the camera. So she accidentally photographed her shoes and running pants because he was the naked one. And so then she threw the camera in the washing machine with the bloody clothes and thought she was destroying the evidence, but... The crime lab was able to reconstruct the photos, and there are Jody's shoes and Jody's feet and Jody's stripe on her running pants in all the blood. (laughs) So tell us again what her name is. Jody Arias. But I thought you said he went with another woman to Mexico. Well, when he... well. Hence the murder. He had, I don't think he had left for Mexico yet. I mean, I think she, he, she either killed him before he was able to go or when he got back. I can't I remember. But not in Mexico. No. Because then she would have had been extradited this, and all right, that stuff. It was been messy. This was in his own home. She was a, a case. How long ago was this? Well, I still had cable. Um, <laughs> <laughs> before, you, you don't have cable now, Marion? Why not? Because they took court TV off and made it true TV. And as I was telling Joanne on the way over here, I don't care flip about looking at monster vehicles, but I really <laughs> did love real crime court cases. And Is that like BC and AC? Pardon? Like before cable and after cable? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Not AC and DC. That's exactly but BC like it. and AC. That's exactly Leave it to Katie to trash us out is. early. Right. There we <laughs> just real early just in the I podcast. <laughs> My BC is always before children. It's always those things you could do before children. If Rivers were here, he'd tell us in a heartbeat the date of the Jody Arias. Oh, he I would. We'll him. ask him later. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> but what about the other Petersons? I'm fascinated. Well, the Petersons, Michael Peterson is the author, the crime author, North Carolina. North Carolina, I believe, whose wife was found dead at the foot of the staircase. I know Mary's familiar with this because we've had this conversation. Maybe Joe and I have. And he pushed her. Well, 
there's a movie on Netflix. Oh, yeah, I think I saw called it. Called The Staircase. I was convinced he pushed her until I watched The Staircase, and now I have, there's a 50 But isn't that a movie? Well, it's supposed to be sort of a docu-movie. There's a 50-50 chance now. I mean, I could see, I'd have a hard time. If Jody. you're getting your facts from, from movies, I hope you're not watching Disney movies. Well, I watched the trial oh. before I watched the movie. <laughs> I only watched the movie because I had been there for the trial. And, of course, there's never anything falsified in a trial. So right. Exactly. Well, one of the defenses was that she had been killed by an owl attack. An because owl? They found, owl? Because they found... I, maybe we had this conversation. Okay, because they found an owl feather in her hair. But... As research was done, it was found that many years ago when he lived in Germany, another woman he had been somewhat involved with, although he claimed they were only friends, was found dead at the foot of a staircase. So that could have been circumstantial. That if I married that guy, I would demand to have a one-story house. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Without a basement. With no basement. Well, all, all the children think he's innocent. Well, when I divided my thoughts on today's podcast into categories, I had Alabama murders in, in my mind. Fascinating. And our recent, uh, the recent book by Casey Sepp called Furious Hours is about murders that happened in Ellick City, Alabama. Mm -hmm. And the Reverend Maxwell was a minister and he insured his loved ones and then murdered them for the insurance money. And Harper Lee came to Dadeville and sat through the trials there and never could write a book. She was probably attempting to do something like her friend Truman Capote had done. And am I, not, am I right in remembering that the Reverend Maxwell was also the funeral director? No. No, just no. the preacher for their funeral. No, while you're thinking that was he was killed dur during a funeral of one of his victims. Somebody came up and shot him. And the same lawyer, Radney, represented everybody, mm -hmm. the killer and the killee. And won. And won. <laughs> and became friends with Harper Lee. Mm -hmm. Casey Sepp did what Harper Lee could not, and she put the facts together and wrote this book, Furious Hours, which is a brilliant book. I had always heard that Harper Lee had helped Truman Capote Research yeah, well, she traveled with him. Yeah, and, with in him. cold blood. So yeah. she probably was aching to write her own. Well, Casey Sepp is a friend of Madison Jones III. That's how I found out about the book, is Madison posted on Facebook when his friend Casey Sepp's book came out. And that was the first I had heard of it. Well, she called everybody she could think of that might have anything to do with Harper Lee or the Reverend Maxwell, she called our friend Rita Grimsley Johnson because Harper Lee had written Rita. If you read this book, take note of the bibliography. I'm always talking about bibliographies, but it's an amazing book. And it's called Furious Hours, which is taken from Horseshoe Bend Battle, the Battle of Horseshoe Bend during the Furious Hours. Ah. And it's Casey Sepp. I have had the opportunity to practice with Mr. Radney, and he is a force to be reckoned with, especially in well, Tallapoosa. Well, he was a force to be reckoned with. He was a re force yeah. to be reckoned with in Tallapoosa County. Very interesting man, an old school lawyer. You know, I've, I've told this before, better than knowing the facts and better than knowing the law is knowing the judge. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think you just hit that hammer right on the nail. Well, Marion, what were some of your other Petersons? Well, there was Drew Peterson, the former policeman who allegedly killed two wives, one drowned in the bathtub, and of course, Drew Peterson's family saying that there's nothing to prove that he killed her, but they were not getting along, and she ended up dead in the bathtub, and a lot of people think he killed her, and then his third wife was, I can't remember the third wife's name, but she has never her body has never been found that's very suspicious they had, a, they had a terrible fight and some one of his friends brother-in-law maybe of, or from another side not from the dead wife's brother but another relative has even testified to helping him move a heavy barrel and i mean you know they're just all mm, kind of things yeah. that point to any and you know if you see him interviewed he is as arrogant a sociopath as any I've ever seen interviewed. 
And what good, um, I guess, learning or in study for um, someone to figure out how to do the perfect murder than a police officer right. who investigates murder. Right. Mm. Yeah. Why did they get caught and how to avoid that? So, Marion, will you um, tell us about your theory about eyes? I didn't know about this until uh, you told me about it. Now I'm on the watch. Well, in Chinese medicine, if a person's eyes are sampaku, now what is that? When there's more white showing. Ah. Oh, yeah, I can only agree with that. It's a real good indicator that there's an imbalance. Can you explain it for the people that didn't see the um, gestures? (laughs) Well, if you That would be our audience. Most people, (laughs) if you look in the mirror, most people see their pupil with white only on the sides, sides, the two sides. But people who are Sampaku have either the top and bottom or top and bottom and the sides. I have a painting in my (laughs) living room. Remember... You've seen the painting in my living room of the woman in the pool. Yes. And you have the yes. view of she's looking up at you. Yes. But you can see white on three sides of her isn't eyes. And the name of the painting is Sampaku. Oh. It, but isn't that you in the pool? Well, it could be me, but I'm looking pretty crazed. Well, I'm looking like I'm being looked at. Oh. That yeah. So I that is an indication of imbalance, brain imbalance? Well, just psychological imbalance. And another thing... So yeah, yeah, when you see so. all those people who've shot up movie theaters and such, they have white all around their eyes. Another thing you want to be on the lookout for is little tiny earlobes or ears that are attached. Uh-huh. That's, I mean, almost every day on Facebook under somebody's picture, I write physiognomy, and I just let anybody who sees that word go look it up and draw their own conclusions so that I don't get accused of profiling. But if you... Look. Who would accuse you of profiling, Marion? Well, someone called me stupid yesterday. <laughs> That's impossible. Well, That's I, not profiling, though, and, is it? <laughs> give us a definition of physiognomy. Oh, I thought you were going to give us a definition of stupid. <laughs> physiognomy is the study of the facial features and the, the geography of the skull. Ah. It was a, a pseudoscience, I suppose, or a soft science in the 19th century. But the longer I live, the more it bears true. Well, you know, all those old wives' tales had basis somewhere. So. And how many of those features does O.J. Simpson have? I know he's son Paku. What about his earlobes? If you want to talk earlobes, look at Mike Tyson. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's okay. why he went for the earlobe that time. Yeah, <laughs> didn't, well, didn't no. he have a thing about ears? <laughs> but in Chinese medicine, in the, the lobes are indicators of how much yin a person has in Chinese medicine. Everybody here is checking their lobes. And I was going to say, and listeners, yes, every mystic so probably is checking their lobes. So we shouldn't pierce them? Right. Well, the, the, and people who are yin deficient tend to be more violent. And so you find a lot of violent offenders who hardly have any lobe. Hmm. So an absence of yin be, by not having lobes and then also an absence of yin when you are have a tendency to violence. Right. Yes. If you're young and yin are balanced, you don't tend to be violent. But when your yang overpowers your yin, you t- tend to be. Well, my other Alabama <laughs> murder... Leaving China. <laughs> Leaving China and going back to Alabama, our favorite state. What happened right here in Auburn, Alabama. Yes. And it, and it happened in 1967 where Eddie Sebow walked into a house, which was two blocks from my house, and viciously murdered three girls and shot their mother. And the intended victim escaped along with one sister. He was found guilty and given death, the death sentence. But in the early 1970s, the Supreme Court declared the death sentence cruel and unusual punishment. Unconstitutional. Mm -hmm. So because they did not want to go through the pain of another trial, they agreed that he could, this could be uh, life in prison. But somehow falling through the safety net was... The without parole, chance of parole was left out. So every five years, Eddie 
comes up for parole. You know, I wondered about that because we do have now in death sentences, death penalty sentences, life with it's always mand- either if you either get death or it's mandatory life without parole. So I often wondered why he kept coming up for parole. Well, this was early days of trying to figure out. You know, after the the death sentence came back, trying to figure out what to uh, do. And I didn't think, I think they, there was not a parole at that time for people who got life. But anyway, Kathy Sinclair was my classmate. And so our class, the class of something in Auburn, always rallies around her and sends letters to the parole board. And every five years, several of us show up along with the sheriff and the defense. um, The prosecutor. Oh, tell who? Kathy Sinclair. Kathy what is her role in this? She was the person who was, uh, he wanted to murder, and she escaped. She hid in a broom closet. You can tell we were young because we couldn't, we'd have to hide in the, in the uh, pantry now. But she was thin and small, and she hid in the broom closet. And one sister hid under her bed, and they escaped. He even shot the dolls in the house with a shotgun, killed two little girls. One was Spend the Night Company. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, perfectly terrible murder and, and crime. And was, he fled. And, you know, at that point, everybody in Auburn, Alabama, knew everybody else, and they didn't lock their doors. And that's the day everybody started locking their doors. I was going to say, it was the end of innocence in Auburn, Alabama. Mm-hmm. I knew the attorney who represented him. Who was that? That was Jake Walker. And Jake Walker was like an Atticus Finch type attorney, brilliant, very laid back, would represent the poorest of the poor or the richest of the rich. Um, you know, he, he did not discriminate, but he was appointed in that case, as many people are in um, capital cases. And um, he was threatened after um, Eddie threatened to kill him after the, the trial. You know, Eddie was a scholar and also an Eagle Scout. He was yes. a sterling personality. Well, sort of. He was also an outcast in high school. I'll never forget in science class. He Remember in science class those high desks that had a sink in them? And I don't yes. know what one might do in science back in the early days. But he would he got up on that desk and sat on it and gave the bird calls of all the birds in Alabama. And, of course, the cool girls laughed at him so we're we uh caused him to be a criminal in some ways i guess that's bullying laughing at the bird calls of alabama i don't know but i don't know um just interesting you say life back in the day back in the i guess 70s when i started getting interested in law and then the 80s when i started practicing law um life meant seven years and you could technically get out on parole after serving seven years on a life sentence because they figured life was 21, somebody's lifespan was 21 years, and we had the good time law. And for every day you behaved in jail, you got two days off your sentence. So theoretically you could Every be day seven. you misbehaved, did they add two days to your they, sentence? No, they just made you serve that next, that next day until you behaved again. I see. Some of y'all wouldn't make it. You're right. <laughs> I would be. I would be in there for the 21 years. But you, um, EO, what they call EOS, end of sentence after 21 years. So even with a life sentence, you could get out in 21 years. Well, that was 50 years ago, and he's still in prison. Yes. 52 years ago, I think, but he's uh, he's still still there. So your comment about what laws have changed and things like that made me think about the things that I researched for this, which is the stupid laws of Alabama. You know, For those of you who are not from Alabama, our listeners, we have um, probably, I think it is literally the longest, largest constitution in the United States. A lot of archaic and arcane and ridiculous laws still in it because of the way our constitution is drafted and amended, so it's got lots of amendments. But I did a little quick search. Of I was all going of to say, and just for those who are interested, it's because there is no home rule in Alabama. So if Lee County wants a law passed, it has to go to the whole state legislature yeah, to get totally that law passed. That's totally stupid. If we'd all vote no on every one of them, if we'd totally vote no, 
then our Constitution would have to be rewritten. Yeah, you think. They'd rise up from the roots and, <laughs> That's, and it's demand a, it's it. A, it's a rallying cry for some people, but so far it hasn't worked. So neither has the lottery, though. So we're... So just to, for a couple of examples of the great laws of Alabama, it is illegal to dress up as a priest on Halloween in Atlanta. Uh-oh. I know. I, and that one shocked me. I read that. Mm-hmm. It's illegal to wear a fake mustache that causes laughter in church. Yes. Very specific there. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. Um, it is illegal to spit in public. I think that's a pretty good law, to be honest. I, I, think I, I would like to see Definitely do not spit into yeah. the wind. It is illegal to marry any animal that is not already a relation. Now, Excuse me? I swear. Wait. Um, element, ele, elements. Elephants. Wait, elephants back up, must. Katie. I, well, I'm, not, I'm just throwing them out there, but elephants must not be placed in electric ovens. That's another law. <laughs> These are just a sampling. But is, that, is that kind of like how do you eat an elephant one bite when, at a time? Yeah, yes, exactly. So, anyway. You can marry an animal if it's your relative in Alabama. No, if it's r- related. Wait, so, wait, wait. What is that so one about the... Uh, Margie, you could marry a Neanderthal. <laughs> <laughs> I just remembered why that man called me stupid. Uh, <laughs> why? why? Something came up about Alabama politics, and I wrote, yeah, the state that always ranks among the lowest in education and the highest in obesity-related disease. And then he lit into me and said, you're just a stupid liberal. Oh, wait. Them some fighting words. And probably I mean, fat. I stated a fact. <laughs> Who is it? We're going to invite him to be on the show. It was a stranger. I was on Al.com. I've already... Made enemies with all the people on Facebook. So I've, got, I've, I've You've moved, moved to Al, over. I've moved over to Al.com now where the real idiots live. Yeah. Yeah. But I like Al.com. I love Al.com as far as the people who write for it. But do you ever read the comments? I have to admit, I do not. And obviously, though, great, a great area for writing fodder as well. Well, <laughs> they sell a t shirt, AL.com, that says, don't read the comments. <laughs> <laughs> oh, everyone needs that t-shirt for almost anything. That's, so I did just quickly do another Google search about the animal marriage law. And it's supposedly a true law because any animal you own is legally a family member. And, and it Marianne stops theft from other people by marriage. So nobody can, like, steal your pet away by marrying it or whatever. Or... or, or so a, is this specifically for sheep? So a spouse can't... It's, it's how, where the goat rumor came up. <laughs> and you censor us? Shame on you, Gail. Is this like, so your spouse can't take... Probably, it may have something to do with divorce, but I think it also is like if somebody wants to steal your animal, then they can't do it by like taking it and marrying it real quick. Okay, so wait, wait, wait. So I'm if, totally confused. Can, if you can't... Marry an animal that's not related to you. That's that's fine. That keeps people from stealing your pets and marrying them. But does that, does that mean that you can marry an animal that's related to you? Because I'm going to get kind of worried because Joe really, really likes Lola, our dog, way better than he likes me. And I can be out of the will. I don't well, know have, about polygamy, though. There know, is that. Yeah, there are. So you're I'm safe confused. until he divorces you, Mary. You know, my dogs came up in the divorce, not illegally, but some of those, some busybodies called me on the phone and shamed me about putting my dogs ahead of my oh, husband. Oh, you do-gooders. Now, I have. Well, yes, but that was true, isn't it? Wasn't it? Well, yeah. The dogs are defenseless. The husband's a human being and an adult. I have. That was my answer. Represented I mean. people where we have the um, the dogs, uh, the custody of the animals did come up, and they were written into the divorce, so yes. Katie, what about, um, did you read the one that it is illegal also to carry an ice, uh, carry ice cream in your back pocket? No, but I think that's another smart one, too. Yes, I think that's probably yeah. just logical. But one that I thought was kind of odd, but it turns out that it's probably a good idea, is you cannot put salt on railroad ties. Yeah. And that was to keep animals from coming up on the tracks. I went rambling in my pocketbook last night and pulled out a rotted lemon from Fairhope. (laughs) And 
that ice cream in the back pocket law, let me tell you, is a good law. Now, say, say that again. I went rambling in my pocketbook last night to find something, and I felt something wet and gushy, and I pulled it out, and it was where I had... Ta- you know how restaurants won't have lemon for your tea? They'll have little plastic packages of fake lemon juice. No. So, so I carry a Ziploc bag sometimes with lemon in it and oh thank god it was in the lemon it was in the zip it was no no, the ziploc bag had come undone um john david had brought home some lemons from fairhope the last time he was down there and so i had a a half of lemon that i had taken with me so that when i went to a restaurant i'd have real lemon to put in my tea and it had just well the reason i don't order lemon at a restaurant is i they say it's one of the nastiest foods yeah. in the restaurant from <laughs> people cutting it up uh-huh. and it's sitting out and uh-huh. people handling it. And onion actually apparently attracts germs if the internet is telling the truth. Well, the internet is law. Well, always be, yes, always be careful, but I would clean out my purse more often, Marion. Just <laughs> I think that's just a, good a kind idea. a kind suggestion. No, <laughs> wait a minute, Joanne. How often do you clean out your purse cuz I've seen your car? Or the trunk of your car? <laughs> Yeah. All right, now we're getting personal. Yeah, we are, we are. So one other last one that's very specific to our county, in Lee County, it is illegal to sell peanuts after sundown on Wednesdays. On Wednesdays only, yes. Correct. Because that's Chamber of Commerce Day. And church. It has something to do with church, I bet. Do y'all remember when or isn't that when every, all the stores used to be closed every on Wednesday store, afternoon? Every store was closed on Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon. afternoon and there still are some in Opelika that close on Wednesday afternoon. That's not a bad idea. I don't think it's a bad and idea. And, you know, in, in many countries, but the one I visited the most, Germany, they close for a couple hours every afternoon. Yes. Certainly. And Saturdays. And Sundays. They and do in Sundays. Italy, too. Yes. Have a little siesta time. I think that's a good idea. I think it's Margie, a wonderful. you've been very quiet about this legal thing. I know. I'm undercover. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just she's, called you out. She are, you're dressed I, in I'm black. In, I'm you're in there. witness protection. <laughs> she's, yeah. in the, she's in the witness protection Margie program, Katie. A name. You didn't know that. Darn. I'm sorry about that. Who? It's Margie not a way who? of life. It's a name. <laughs> <laughs> what was your name before it was Margie? Was it Margaret? <laughs> Viva. <laughs> Viva Benet. <laughs> that is when I lived in France. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like, speaking of polygamy, Marion, you had some Mormon stuff. Yeah. I, I just wanted to hear it. I, I didn't want to Some other Mormon stuff. Oh, the uh, was it the Josh Powell? He, he wasn't a polygamist, but Josh Powell married a pretty woman named Susan Powell. And of course, when I was watching this trial, the main thing that was going through my head is what did she want with him? But she said, I think that about every commercial <laughs> on TV. Well, he just looked like a dimwit. And she was an attractive enough woman. And she went missing. And they had two little boys. And when the police were questioning, when her family started trying to find their daughter and he kept saying she left and they kept saying she'd never leave the two little boys and the police questioned the two little boys and they said, mama's in the canyon, in the cave. And sure enough, he had taken these two little boys on a camping trip on the coldest night in Utah's history out into the middle of somewhere. Yeah, I remember that. remember this? And that very sad story ended up with him. Social services let him have unsupervised custody of those two little boys once a week or something like that. And he took them in a house and blew the house up and blew all three, the two little boys and himself up. See, that is... And, I didn't know mama how the would story that ended. They Did they find the, the body of the mama in a cave? I don't think they've ever found her mama yet, the, her body yet. And, wow. uh, and if you watch that trial, Josh, the daddy who allegedly did all this, his father was into porn and animal abuse. And mm. there was a... But rep- not marriage. There was two animals. Right. I don't think he married animals. But, yeah, they had a whole history of, like, him showing the children porn when they were little and killing their pets. And Oh, my gosh. No wonder. Yeah, out there into Utah. And it just really gets weird out there. Haven't you recently been to Utah, Margie? Yes, I have. I went to the Sundance Film Festival. (laughs) Was there porn there? Not really. I mean, uh, I guess you know it when you see it. Is that what they say? (laughs) 
you can't define it, but you know it when you see it. I, I didn't see any part. I did see some great film. I, and maybe even some murder yeah. films. Utah is supposed to be gorgeous. Well, it's I've been a beautiful. To Utah. What am I saying? Beautiful. Yes. I, I'd never been to Salt Lake City. I'd been south to the Four Corners, which is gorgeous too. But Salt Lake City is just magnificent in Park City where uh, Sundance is. I really recommend it for everybody to go to Sundance. It's a really fabulous experience. And if you love film. Did you get to meet Jeremiah Johnson? I didn't, but I was looking out for him. Um, and I didn't oh go to the gosh. ranch either. Yes. But, um, but Robert Redford has been involved in it so long. And people that have been going forever would say, yeah, we remember when Robert Redford is just selling tickets out on the street, out in front of the Egyptian theater. Oh, wow. You know, and it's like grown to this huge multi-media, you know, Multi-city. Multi-city, yeah. 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 It's in Salt Lake City and in Park City and in between, too. So wow. uh, we stayed in Kimball Junction. It's really great. And if you ski, it's a fantastic place. Of course, growing up in Alabama and Georgia, I had only water ski. I'm really glad y'all told all the good things about Utah. And I want to say, I don't mean anything against the state of Utah or the Mormons, because if you look at my list of interesting crimes... Most of them took place in Alabama, Georgia, and Utah. And I, you know, I am right Is that here. the southern west or something? Well, I just, I, I just don't know. But we don't want to finish this podcast without mentioning Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, I don't think. Yeah, oh, we course. celebrate our crimes. Yeah, we, we, we do indeed. And uh, one that I remember seeing on City Confidential involved a woman named Anjette Lyles. It was an, a Macon, Georgia one and a book has been written about that called Whisper to the Black Candle. She and she had some voodoo going Ooh. with her murders and she killed, I believe let me see if I wrote down who all Anjet killed. I think she killed two husbands, her mother in law and her nine year old daughter. Oh my god. You know the murders in uh LX City by the Reverend Maxwell he supposedly was practicing voodoo. voodoo. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And or then hoodoo, we hoodoo or hoodoo, hoodoo, voodoo. Yeah. Well, we, um, my friend, my good friend, Mystic Marion's always telling me which crime shows to watch on TV. Oh, yeah. So I figured she would be talking about it today instead of real crime. But so I wrote down my two favorite crime shows. What are they? Well, one of them, and I recommend this highly to our audience, is called Life with Damian Lewis. And he served 12 years for a crime he did not commit. He had been a detective and he was set up. And I guess life in prison was hard, so he began to zen, do Zen meditation. And an attorney DNA'd the case and he was set free and the city of wherever they are had to pay millions so he lives in this mansion now and they had to give him uh, a better job in the police department so he's a detective practicing zen and eating fruit that's the other thing he does but <laughs> he's he's solving these crimes and of course his um partners are not happy with being paired with the the Zen, Zen Buddhist, but Buddhist. he'll stand in front of a dead body and go, mm. <laughs> So, What's the other one? The other one I love was The Tunnel. And I the tunnel, The Tunnel was PBS, and it's about a body that was found in the tunnel between France and England. Ah. And each lead detective, one from France and one from England representing their countries, had to solve it. The body was carved in half, half in France and half in... And we had the American, the bridge. The bridge. The bridge. On the... Yeah. It was Texas Mexico. And Mexico. And, mm, I loved that series. I did, too. Series. I did yeah. too. It was so good. You know, Alabama and the South certainly have a lot of famous um, authors who've addressed crime. Ace Atkins, who's a former student of our very own Mystic Marion. And then Tim Dorsey. Do you all know Tim Dorsey? He's an Auburn graduate who lives in Florida and writes these... Um, these edgy, kooky kind of murder oh, yeah. mysteries with Serge A. Storm, who's the anti-hero, psycho, psycho anti-hero. And then Anne George, who wrote all of those sister detective. She's in, well, of course, Trim But Anne George and, lived in Birmingham, right? She did, but she's, but Alabama is what I was, yeah, oh, she yeah. was from Birmingham, yeah. But we have quite a list. Um, Carolyn Haynes, yes, who does the do. Bones dis- detective books. Um, so we've got quite a... a and Carolyn, I mean, I already loved Carolyn Haynes because she rescues animals. That's right. Mm-hmm. But I was reading one of her books, and 
her detective woke up and walked downstairs one morning in the book, and Kinky Friedman was sitting at her kitchen table. And this was <laughs> during the time when I was courting Kinky in my mind. And so I wrote. How does one court in your mind? Well, I mean, in your imagination. Well, it's like Jimmy Carter, you know. I, yeah. Lust yes. in your heart. In your heart. Or whatever, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, well, Fanny Flagg, too, has done some yeah. murder, murder and crime related things. I don't remember Fanny Flagg writing about murder. Yeah, the cafe. Green, yeah. Green, green fried, yeah, green fried, yeah, fried yeah, tomatoes at the Whistle Stop Cafe was really all about a murder, a story. murder mystery. I hardly remember that. Well, that's uh, true. The great characters. The secret is in the sauce. The barbecue. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes, I do remember but it. Just this week, um, I read a story where the Habitat for Humanity director of Limestone County had been caught embezzling. Ah, Did anybody read this? Something other than murder. Well, what he had spent his money on, I don't know if the Queen will allow me to say <laughs> on a podcast, but there was a list, and two of the things are right there. The Queen is also our censor for those delicate... Right up there of, at the top of, our, of the page. Oh, wait, Marion. Is it time for the mystic moment? Oh, my gosh. Ooh. Well, we're not going to talk about dildos, Marion. <laughs> That alone was he a mystic had, moment yes. right there. He spent his money on crossbows and dildos, and that just brings the tune of a carpenter song. <laughs> Sometimes. So, so much for censoring, <laughs> Mystic Queen. <laughs> that, that's right. Does anyone have a mystic moment? I would, I would like to use my mystic moment time okay. to, um, to give a shout out to a young friend of mine who made a crime video, and ah. my young friend's name is Ben Scarborough, and he is part of a... Um, Group, I'm not sure. How <laughs> about group? Called the Third Eye Collective, and I, I don't. It might not have a the in front of it. Third Eye Collective, and Ben does podcasts, and he is just a very creative soul who's been a treasure in my life since he was a youngster in ninth grade. And at some point, when he was still quite young, he made a five minute video called the Cripe, C R I P E. It was supposed to be the crime. So, <laughs> what, well, had, what had happened was Ben got an assignment to make a video and he got some Auburn University students to join him and they were so excited and responded. His actors and actresses were very excited to do a crime video and they, they were like, I've never done a crime video. This is going to be great. Well, shortly into the crime video, the actors just accidentally says who did the gripe although it's, it's not exactly what he said whatever he said was funnier and i wish i had watched it before who did the gripe yeah he started calling Crimey. it the gripe and in the movie they just everyone just went right with it and they ended up calling it the gripe so i watched this with ben i've watched it many times but not recently enough to have memorized the perfect line and i finally said so ben who commissioned you to do this little crime movie? It's about five minutes. And he said, oh, this yoga studio. What? Yeah. So this yoga studio commissioned to make a promotional video for their yoga studio. But well, how does was, crimey come into it? There was not one mention of anything having to do with the yoga, yoga. studio in the entire... There's no, absolutely no tangential connection at all Ben just handed on the video it was, it was over with no word of explanation so how old is Ben because I think I know him Ben would now be um close to 30 yes um, I think I do know just him. one of the most creative spirits on the planet what does he do for a living I think he podcasts. He's had the Ben Scarborough show, the video show. He's had he's had interesting jobs with insurance companies. What's the name of his podcast? We need to have Ben on Third our Eye podcast. Collective, I believe. Yeah, we need to invite the young man. Oh, over. he's so precious. But when I try to watch his podcast, I don't understand what in the world they're talking I mean, about. Either. It's just I got, I, this is uh, this is the very crux of the podcast problem is people of an age don't know how to get to podcast. And if they do, if they've managed to get to some of the young people podcasts like I have, I don't know what they're talking about. It's a whole different language. Yeah. Yeah. I always say it's a radio show like Big John and Big, uh, if you go, Big John and Sparky, is that the radio show (laughs) from the 40s? No. My introduction to podcasts was from Margie when she told me to watch Serial. 
which oh, was yeah. so yes. good. And Excuse me, to listen to cereal. And, well, and, yeah. And S-Town. And S-Town. S-Town Marky also told me to watch S-Town, which is one of the best, I mean, listen to, <laughs> which is one of the best things I've ever yeah. listened to. But you see, I ride a treadmill. You know, uh, yeah, so you, you ride a treadmill, so <laughs> that's I, how you and listen. And I watch a podcast. <laughs> you can't watch them, girl. What? You, can you only can't ride a treadmill him. either. Right. In, in that imagination in which she um, courts Kinky, Kinky Friedman, she can watch a podcast. And ride a treadmill. <laughs> but didn't all of us listen to This American Life at some point? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, that to yeah. me was the first yeah. podcast I ever listened so, to. You know, you're right. The yeah. best and This still American love it. Life that I would recommend. It's called Fiasco, oh, and it I've talks heard about that fiascos, <laughs> and it's about a play where they try to do Peter Pan, and it is hilarious. Summer camp, and did you? I was going to say, okay. into a little portion, uh, Garrison Keillor had oh, basically yeah. a podcast. It was a radio. It was a radio show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a radio Pan show. But well, we're, we have something in common with Garrison Keillor. It, ours, our, we, uh, red, we wear red shoes? No, we're oh. all good looking. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think and I our like children to... aren't dumb. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> They're above average. <laughs> and, our, and the women here are strong. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Well, that was our mystic moment. Oh, I have one. A mystic okay, moment. Margie, please. Um, I was um, going to say my favorite serial killer was Dexter. Oh, oh I oh. love Dexter. We could assign him people to be killed. I know. Well, he did only kill bad people. So, oh, well, uh, that won't work then. And that made it all better. <laughs> yeah, it would work. <laughs> but Dexter was really good. And then a detective I like uh, is Luther. Oh, yeah, he's sexy Luther. Yes, Luther is. It, they're violent, but. Now, is Luther a, a TV, TV yes. series? Stream, you, I've, the, I've not Luther watched is that streaming. yet. He's I've got a new it. one out, but you have to pay for it. And I refuse to pay any more money to the oh TV. Gosh. Yeah. I'm pretty smitten with Inspector Lindley. Oh, yeah. And, and I like is, Jackson Brody. Yeah, okay. I really like, like Jackson, Jackson Brody. Brody. Ooh, he's hot. The, yeah. For the woman who is not on social media yeah. and does not Miss watch Hulu or what's the British television? Well, I, I watch Akern. Akern and BritBox. Okay, and BritBox. Who is... Inspector Lindley. Uh-huh. And, and that's an older he? one. Nathaniel Parker plays and he's, Inspector Lindley. And it's a book series. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a book series. It's a book okay. series. And, and the Brody one, is, is it Kate Atkinson? Yeah, it's Case Histories. Yeah. Case that's Histories. Yeah, really she's good. in a bunch of her books. I mean, and she's I got like several. I like Murder Call. I like the dynamics between the group. Has anybody watched Murder Call? I, I think I might have. I really like that. Mm-hmm. and was real sorry when I got it. There are a lot of seasons of it. And I was real sorry when they ran out. because. Yeah. They were good. But how fascinated we are with crime and usually murders of all things. Well, we're fascinated with psychology because we write. Do we have another mystic moment? Well, another mystic Joanne, moment, yes. If, if we don't, Joanne, I, I have asleep. a question for you. Yes. Because of, of all the mystics, you probably have the best source of material. Oh, as far as for criminals. Yes. Crim- yeah, and I mean, as far as writing detective and crime things. So I know that you've written a few books and oh, yeah. lots of short stories. So I is think. there crime involved in all of yours? Or talk no, about how this influences your I have influences several that you know, usually um, the domino game was a true story. Um, and where and can we see that? The, it was in the, our original um, Be the Flame and it was it also in, in the deluxe the edition. Not the moth, yes. Um, where I had represented this man in court for attempted assault. It was um, a harassment. And the police accused him of holding a knife on the people in the uh, house. And what had happened What had happened was they were playing dominoes. And the man who lived in the house got fighting with his wife. And they got in the back. And started fighting and fussing because the man who owned the house had taken $20 out of his wife's purse. And was she was going to the club that night all dressed up. But the other man was trying to stop them. And they got into a fight again and tried to stop them. And as she at one point called 911 because they were fighting. And the man was in the kitchen peeling potatoes for his dinner, the man I represented. And as the police came up on the porch, he was gesturing with the knife like you might with a pencil or your finger. Oh, yes. And said, I can see whose attorney you were. If y'all don't quit this stuff, 
somebody's going to get killed. And that's when the police came up. Well, they came to court and testified that he had nothing to do with it, and that's how he was relieved. Um, there was one thing that I did. We talked about a lot of bad law in Alabama or crazy law in Alabama, but Alabama was one of the first states, ladies, to hold that a woman's estate was her own. And if there was ever a divorce, she got her estate back. Not so with the men. Not so. She could grab as much of that estate as she wanted. Well, that sounds fair to me. It is fair. It is very fair. But (laughs) Alabama, you know, people think of Alabama as somewhat of a backward place. But that has been on the law and the book since. We're probably blowing their tiny minds. 18-aught-something. We recognized it. Yeah, don't call Marion stupid out there. (laughs) Because the thing about Marion is she will look you up. Well, the thing about Marion is she knows the difference between there, there, and there. Mm-hmm. And the people calling me stupid don't. <laughs> Speaking of looking up, whenever a telemarketer calls me, I go, I know where you live, and I know where your children go to school. And, and you know, they don't keep calling me. I know, and that is called harassment, Gail. So I'd be so glad is, they don't know so who you are. So is the telemarketer, telemarketer calling me. They deserve it. Every single <laughs> syllable. Well, I think we're about winding down our time, ladies. Can somebody, can somebody, Katie, can you tell me where you can contact the Mystic Order of East Alabama Fiction Writers? There are so many ways because we are everywhere and we are of the world, of the universe. But to be more specific, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Mystic Order of East Alabama. You can also find us on Twitter at um, the Mystic, Mystics with an S pod and on youtube.com slash the Mystics pod. And both of those again have Mystics with an S. Um, you can even email us the old fashioned way, the Mystic pod at gmail.com. Or you can contact contact us um, directly with um, to schedule meetings and things like that. If you'd like for us to come read to your group or, you know, defend you in court or do all kinds of things. <laughs> we are always volunteering. Busy. Well, okay. We could just be part of the audience. Or, and yeah. we have recently, thanks to our technological genius, gotten a web page. Please go on board. Yes, Mary. Mary's looking at me. Our technological genius is looking I, at me like I'm crazy. I'm pretty sure there is an S in our Gmail account. That's all. Okay. Oh, she was just going to say you're technical. <laughs> Yes, we have a new web page. And if you just go on the internet and go to your favorite web browser and type in the Mystics Pod or the Mystic Order Podcast, you will find us, including our website, which is linked to our Facebook and our Twitter account. And you can also buy our book, uh, our latest book in Opelika, Alabama, at Heritage Gift and Gourmet on 8th Street. I think you can still buy our books at Auburn University Bookstore, can you not? Sure. Sure. And if you've enjoyed our podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. Tell all your friends. And so, ladies, we should remember, be the flame, not not the the moth. moth.